0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo podcast part of the Blue Warrior Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much as always for locking in. Um, usually I say whether it's the audio side or the video side, but this is an audio only episode today. So thank you for locking in on the audio side. Um, I'm doing this solo today. This will not be a long episode. I am, uh, actually taping this on Monday late afternoon and I'm doing so not in my home studio like I normally do, but I'm actually about 1400 miles away from Buffalo. I'm down here in Sarasota, Florida. Um, I flew down for the weekend to visit some friends of mine. You know, I, uh, if you listen to this podcast, if you know me, you know that I lived in Florida for five years before moving back to Buffalo for good, um, last summer. But anyway, I came down here for the weekend to visit some friends. And more importantly, one specifically, uh, a good buddy of mine, Rybred, who is, uh, and yes, I did say Rybred. That's his uh, affectionate nickname that we all call him. Um, Of course, he has uh, stage four colon cancer. You know, I tweeted about this a couple weeks ago. Anyway, I uh, took advantage of an opportunity to come down and see him. So I'm here at the hotel room today. I wanted to make sure I got a podcast out. Hopefully it doesn't sound too hollow in here. You know, normally I record... In a nice little comfy home studio that has plenty of acoustics around to to make it sound pretty good. There's just a lot of bare walls in front of me, but hopefully uh, this doesn't sound too bad. What I want to do today is I'm going to, this is something I've wanted to do now for the last couple of weeks. I just really haven't had a chance. I want to power rank all the teams in the AFC in terms of being the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills this year. I'll power rank them from the least worrisome to the most. Again, this is something I wanted to do for the last few weeks. I just really haven't gotten around to it. And now I realize with only uh, a little more than a week and a half left before the season, or actually a little less than a week and a half before the, the regular season starts, I, I better do this now. So I figured being by myself here in the hotel room, no guests today, I don't have uh, the connection. The internet's not strong enough for me able to do StreamYard or something like that and bring someone on. So I just said I will. Uh, I'll fire a quick one off solo today. Before I get to that though, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't offer my personal two cents about this Matt Ariza stuff that went on with the Bills. And it's uh, of course it got cut on Saturday. And it's uh it's an embarrassment and and it sucks that a team that is favored to win the Super Bowl, a team that everybody, and we've talked about this on the podcast with well, lots of guests, almost everybody is picking to go to the Super Bowl, and not just on a local level, I'm talking national media people, um, celebrities, sports celebrities from other sports. they they all seem to be on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon this year. And that was all we were talking about, and that was fun. This is a big black eye, and it's a black eye that is very much deserved on the Buffalo Bills. Let's get that out right right away. Um you know what? Let me start by by referencing something. Tyler Dunn, of course, from uh go long one of the best in the business when it comes to just long form writing, storytelling, all that stuff. He wrote about this and I want to read a paragraph, an excerpt. I'm sure he won't mind from his, uh, go long story. And of course it's about, you know, just why the bills took so long for this to happen and kind of had their head in the sand throughout this whole process. Anyway, this is what Tyler said. And this is his quote word for word here. He goes, Oh, The Buffalo Bills got around to releasing a player accused of gang raping a 17-year-old female with two other San Diego teammates. But please, spare me the celebratory, all-cap, emoji-laden tweets. Nobody deserves raucous applause here. GM Brandon Bean and head coach Sean McDermott only released punter Matt Ariza because they had zero choice. To recap, the Bills had known since late July that they were employing a rookie accused of unspeakably vile behavior. They confirmed as much in a meek joint press conference on Saturday uh, night. That was an excerpt, a small excerpt of what Tyler wrote. And by the way, if you haven't read that, go read it. I mean, it is a very strong column by uh, TD. So look, after cutting Matt Areza, I I did... Watch the press conference in here from Florida. I watch it online. And uh, one of the things Brandon Bean said was that our culture here is more important than winning football games. And you know what? That's not true. Sorry, folks. Sorry, fans. It's not. That's categorically false. If that's the case, they would have actually done what they originally said they did. And that was have a thorough examination. That first statement, that tweet that uh, the Bills put out, not good. And it would not have been hard to, to ascertain the information and in the version of these events if they talked to the victim, had they actually talked to her. And, you know, forget the alleged gangbang rape part of it for just a sp- second here. I mean, Matt Arisa essentially on tape admitted to having sex with a drunk underage minor and even told her that she should get checked for an STD, that he had an STD. Now, I, look, going forward now, he's not on this team. I don't really personally care what else he's guilty of in this scenario, what he was involved in or what he wasn't in the alleged events that happened after he had sex with her. Quite honestly, I I, I don't really care what else he's guilty of. And I'm just being honest with you. I only hope that this victim gets the justice that she deserves. And I'm talking justice in terms of criminally and also in terms of civil, this guy should have been cut long before Saturday. It is a terrible look and it's very, very embarrassing, uh, for the bills organization. They should be embarrassed. And again, kind of circling back to my point of being down here in Florida and the bills all off season being the, uh, the, the media darling again, not just locally, but nationally. So one cool thing about when I lived down here for five years is I became friends with a lot of people. And unlike Buffalo, where obviously almost everybody is a Bills fan and you live and you die with your team. It's not like that down here at all. I mean, obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the most popular team because there's a bunch of shitty bandwagon fans who, who like them now because they're good. They were nowhere to be found the first three years before Tom Brady got here when I was down here. But anyway, that's another story. Let me get to my point here. You meet people from Florida, like people who come to Florida for the most part are never from Florida. They're always from somewhere else. Like the people that, and it's easy to kind of fit in because of that. Like I have friends here from Pennsylvania and from Michigan and from Wisconsin everybody's from somewhere else. So the point I'm getting to is that on Sundays, when you'd go out and you'd watch the games with somebody, it's not like Buffalo where it's a sea of, of white, blue and red at games. You know, I have Packers fans for friends. I have uh Washington Commanders fans here that are friends of mine. I have a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans, some Patriot fans, so on and so forth. And I come down here this weekend, and again, you know, everybody knows that the Bills are supposed to be a good team. So that's the talk all offseason. Josh Allen been the toast of the NFL this offseason. And deservedly so, by the way. But anyway, that my, my point is this nobody's asking me about that shit this weekend. Nobody, nobody's talking about the bills being good. And nobody's talking about Josh Allen, everyone, my friends, people that I talk to who've come up to me or go, what's going on with your team? What's up with this punter? Why, why is he on your team? Why wasn't he cut? And they're right. They're a hundred percent right. It's absolutely, it's disgraceful the way the bills handle this. And look, if, if you're a fan and you're celebrating the bills, cutting him and you're acting like the bills aren't. Just like any other team around this league, you're fooling yourself. You really are. They should not be celebrated at all right now for cutting a punter that should have been cut a long time ago. I mean, a 17-year-old girl is accusing one of your players pretty much essentially of being a part of a gang rape. And for the most part, you ignored it. That's, I mean, you ignored it. You know, again, they talked. To the attorney, once they did not follow up, none of that. It's, uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes it's hard to even talk about because it's just almost hard to fathom that the bills did did this or didn't do anything, I should say. You know, and look, they screwed up badly, they did cut them, and at some point we should start moving on for sure. But again, if you're acting out there right now like the bills should be applauded in any way or any form, or even worse, some of you out there, not many, but there were some on on Twitter, um, you know, mainly people with no real avatar, people with 20 followers and, and never tweeted before. You could tell it was for trolling, but there's people out there that actually support this douchebag of a human being. And you're dead wrong if you do. And again, circling back to the bills and this investigation, originally when the story broke, They called it a thorough examination, which Bean later later said uh, was poor wording, and said the word should have been ongoing. Either way, he's wrong, though, because they had one phone call. The team's assistant general counsel, she talked by phone with the victim's lawyer once. That's it. Once no follow up calls, no speaking directly to the victim, who according to the lawyer was willing to talk, nothing. And that's because of one reason, literally one reason, nothing else. It's because they listened to Bills to Matt Ariza's version of these events. And somehow, some way, they were satisfied with it. That's it. That's the story. Literally nothing else. And then to make matters worse, just days before this atomic bomb hit the Bills, Sean McDermott was on part of my take. Number one sports podcast in the world. And he called Matt Ariza a good kid. A great kid. Not a good kid. He called him a great kid. Talked about his popularity along with Josh Allen being two of the most popular players on the team. Which, you know, for the average fan was true. Who didn't know anything about this before the news broke on Thursday. I find it hard to believe Sean McDermott knew nothing about these allegations. So again, just a a really bad look, man. One last thing though, and then I want to get on to, uh, to this countdown of power making teams that I think are the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills. Props to some of the journals out there, man, who did a really solid job writing pieces on this um Matt Fairborn from the Athletic wrote a great piece Jay Skersky from the Buffalo News wrote a really good piece on Sunday Tim Grant from the Athletic who was on this story immediately finding out details before anyone else did and this was after the LA Times originally broke the story but once Tim sunk his teeth in I'm like shit's about to hit the fan in fact Aaron Quinn from cover one he, he said this I don't want I can't take credit for it as much as I as much as I wish I could, but he goes, if you're trying to hide something and and Tim Graham's on it, you're fucked. That's so true, man. Anyway, props to those guys. And of course, uh, Tyler Dunn, whose story on his go long, it was just, uh, sensational. But anyway, it's a really shitty, sad, uh, thing to happen. Um, thoughts of the victim, of course. And, uh, yeah, I just, again, we'll move on. We'll get past it. People at some point, it's just the way things work. It's not necessarily the right thing, but it is how things work. People will move on and uh, we'll start talking about the 2022 season, but this is definitely a a really uh, dark cloud over the Buffalo Bills, a self-inflicted one, one that they completely deserve. And hopefully, hopefully they've learned uh, their lesson and something like this will never happen again. If there's reports or, any kind of allegations out there, hopefully they will actually do a thorough examination like they claimed. Anyway, all right, so I want to start again. I took every team the AFC, and this is all we're doing today. I'm gonna get you out of here. And I power rank them from the least to the most um, biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills this year, okay? And two teams, right off the bat, Houston, Texas, New York Jets, next. (laughs) Come on, not gonna even talk about those teams this year. Um, After that, got the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns got a talented roster. I think the combination of, of Nick Chubbs and and Kareem Hunt could be a big problem for the Bills. A lot of talent on defense, good offensive line. That said, though, I don't think they're around, they'll be around the playoff pitcher this year. Sean Watson missing 11 games, and when he comes back, who knows how he's going to be. I don't think Jacoby Brissett. Is good enough to keep the Browns in contention for two thirds of a season of regular season. The tough division that they're in, so I really don't think that the Browns have a any kind of realistic path to be an AFC contenders this year. So that's why I have them ranked low. But I'll tell you, man, matchup wise, a team of running backs and running backs, and we'll talk about this throughout this uh exercise here. Running backs are kind of like the Bills' Kryptonite, man. They uh they hurt the Bills, good ones. And Chubbs is uh Nick Chubb's is as good as it gets. So anyway, I would have them second from last after Houston and New York, who I have in a tie. After that, and some people are going to say that, especially Patriots fans, that I have this team ranked way too low. But I'm going to New England Patriots next. I mean, you got to give any Bill Belichick team respect. And we can't forget that they did beat the Buffalo Bills at home last year. I mean, of course, playoffs was a completely different story, but they beat Buffalo at home. And again, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. You got you got to give him respect, but I just don't think this team's very good. I really don't. I don't think they're a good football team. I don't think they were a very good team last year. I don't, especially on offense. And if this defense isn't like borderline elite this season, I don't see them in any kind of legitimate AFC title hunt at all. I really don't. So I got the Patriots really low. After that, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Mike Tomlin teams are always tough, man. They're always competitive. Like New England, they also beat the Bills last year in Buffalo. In fact, that was the home opener. They got a great defensive line, and T.J. Watt could just wreck a game. He could completely take it over. Did kind of last year. Uh, They got weapons on offense, both in the run game and the passing game. Najee Harris is a beast at running back, man. But they got a big question at quarterback, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, whether it's Kenny Pickett eventually, either or. Big question marks at quarterback. I think they'll be in the playoff mix because, again, Mike Tomlin's teams are always in the playoff mix. Don't necessarily think they're a huge threat to the Bills, but I wouldn't be excited about playing them just because, again, a, the defensive line could just kind of take a game over, and we saw it with their own eyes last year. So I got Pittsburgh there. Ranked one ahead of them, I actually have the Jacksonville Jaguars. You mm-hmm. Really? How are they not at the bottom? Well, I think Jacksonville's going to be improved this year. I really do. I like the quarterback. I like Travis Etienne. They got some talent. And hey, laugh if you want, but let's not forget, they did beat the Bills last year. Kind of a pattern here, these last three teams. I mean, they're ranked low, but they all did beat the Bills last year. In fact, for one day anyway, it was probably the only day of his life. But Josh Allen from Buffalo Bills was not even the best Josh Allen on the football field on that particular day. It was the Jacksonville defensive lineman, Josh Allen, who got the best of that matchup. And again, I think they're going to improve. I don't think they're like Super Bowl contenders legitimately at this time anyway, but they could be a problem. I, I, I'm going to give them some respect. I know a lot of Patriots fans right now are probably like, get the out here you got the Patriots ranked below the Jacksonville Jaguars Steelers fans too but yes I do one more team and then we'll get to a quick break here uh after the Jacksonville I got the Vegas Raiders I, I think I hate saying Vegas by the way it's the goddamn Oakland Raiders and I'll even let you slide with the LA Raiders but Vegas Raiders man it's just not something I can get used to Raiders got a ton of top heavy talent they're a very top heavy team when it comes to talent. I mean, Devontae Adams is going to be a big problem. And I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to watching him play this year because for years in Green Bay, you'd be like, is Devontae Adams making Aaron Rodgers an MVP quarterback or is the MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers making Devontae Adams the best receiver in the NFL? Because that's what he's been for the last three or four years now. Devontae Adams has probably been the best receiver in the entire NFL over the last few years. Anyway, he gets traded to the Raiders. That's going to be a problem. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. That's going to be a problem. That defensive line. Oh, by the way, Hunter Renfro, another receiver, really good wide receiver. <laughs> they got a lot of talent, man, on offense. The defensive line, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, who a lot of Bills fans thought was going to end up in Buffalo. He went to the Raiders, so... You got two defensive ends, bookends with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. That's pretty big time, man. Uh, the problem with the Raiders is I think their back seven is very suspect. And they're also in a very tough division. So who even knows if this team's going to make the playoffs. They did last year. But I'll tell you, man, this is a team with a lot of legit talent to, uh, to compete in the AFC. And I think they have the ability where they play the Bills to uh, give them some big time problems. So anyway, I got the Raiders there. Going to take a real quick break, come back, and then we're going to run down the rest of these teams in order. Worst to first, or at least to most, I should say, the biggest threats to the Buffalo Bills. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than OddsTrader. Why is OddsTrader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you wanna throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. OddsTrader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, OddsTrader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that can be a huge thing to know in certain situations. OddsTrader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, OddsTrader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All
1: right, I'm back here. You know, real quick before I get back into this countdown. It's weird sitting in. I'm used now to being in a a home studio, and I have a uh, a boom arm for my mic, so I don't have to hold it. But I'm sitting there in a hotel desk holding my microphone. Kind of feels old school. I like it. Anyway, back on to this countdown. Um, The Indianapolis Colts I got up next. They beat the crap out of the Bills last year. 41-19. And Jonathan Taylor might be the best running back in the NFL right now. If you remember that game last year, he looked like Jim Brown playing high schoolers on the Bills. Vaunted top-ranked defense. He had 32 carries for 185 yards and four touchdowns last year. Just absolutely toyed with the Bills' defense. It was embarrassing. Uh, They had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And they got a good defense, too, led by Darius Leonard, uh, DeForest Buckner. There's one issue with the Colts, and that's why I don't have them ranked higher, because I think it's a big one. I am not sold on Matt Ryan at all. I do think he's better than Carson Wentz, but I still don't think in a big-game situation Matt Ryan has what it takes anymore. I just don't. If the Colts ever figure out that quarterback situation, they'll look out. Every year they're trying a new veteran quarterback and then just with mediocre results. If if they get it figured out or if I'm wrong about Matt Ryan and he does have a really good year, Colts are going to be a big, big problem, man. Stopping Jonathan Taylor is definitely uh, tough. It's tough for any team to do. And the Bills simply could not do it last year. So that's where I got the Indianapolis Colts. After that, and I probably in hindsight, maybe I could have had these, this team ranked a little bit lower, quite frankly, but the Tennessee Titans, and I, I got them ranked high because they beat the Bills last year. They always play them tough. Derrick Henry is, is a beast. He ran for 143 yards and three touchdowns on Monday Night Football last year. 76 of those coming on a long touchdown run, and you could say... All right, well, if you take that 76 away, he would have only had 70-something yards. Well, you know what? You can't take that 76 away. He he busted one. He broke one for a long touchdown in a close game. Derrick Henry had his way with the Buffalo Bills, and he has a couple times. Uh, Ryan Tannehill wasn't sacked in that game. And for whatever reason, I mean, he sucked when he played for Miami against Buffalo. But Ryan Tannehill plays well against the Bills with Tennessee. The play action works because, again, the Bills have no choice but to respect Derrick Henry. So it just seems like the play action always works against Buffalo and Tannehill has pretty good games. Now, they lost weapons. Uh, They traded A.J. Brown to Philly. That hurts. No getting around that. They cut Julio Jones. They do have Robert Woods on board. So, you know, there's talent there. The defense is all right. But I, I have them ranked as high as I do just because of how well they seem to play the Bills, how tough they seem to play the Bills. And again, the fact that the Bills struggle against some big-time running backs. We saw it last year, and Derrick Henry is as good as it gets. All right, moving on here. I think I got, what do I got here? One, two, three, four, five. I got six more left. Next team up on my list is the Denver Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson gives them a very dangerous offense. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, that's no joke at wide receiver. And that Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, that might be, Maybe the best, like one, two running back tandem in the NFL. I would say if it's not them, it might be Dalvin Cook and Madison at Minnesota, who, by the way, is being rumored Madison to be in uh, a lot of trade rumors going out with him right now. But anyway, that running back tandem of Williams and Gordon is really, really, really good. Now, they're not great on defense, but they got a lot of talent there, especially in that secondary. Patrick Sertain, Justin Simmons, they're they're definitely one of the more, uh, Interesting teams in the NFL. And again, that AFC West is going to be so lit this year. It's going to be so wild. It's going to be fun to watch. And if uh, Denver comes out of that, if they get into the playoffs, man, that I wouldn't be too excited about playing them if I'm the Buffalo Bills. Uh, coming up, let's stick with that division. In fact, right now, the LA Chargers, I got next. They might have the most explosive offense in the NFL with Justin Herbert and Wide receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And running back, Austin Eckler. Well, if he could ever stay healthy for 17 games, this might be the best fantasy football running back out there, folks. Uh, Gerald Everett, really nice addition to tight end, too. They got, uh, defensively, they went out, they got Khalil Mack. So you put him on the other side of Joey Bosa, and it's like, wow. Uh, they went, J.C. Jackson came over from New England. Big addition in the secondary. Derwin James is one of the best young Defensive players in the entire NFL, regardless of position. This is a very dangerous team, man. I guess the only question when you look at the Chargers is, can their offensive line play decent? Because you look beyond that, I don't know. There's not a lot of questions. Again, the defense couldn't stop anyone last year. But during James Healthy, J.C. Jackson coming here, and Mack and Bosa. They're going to stop some teams with that defense. And they don't have, they're not going to win games 10 to 7 because they don't need to just try to hold opponents at 17, 20, 22 points, and that offense can do the rest. So I think the Chargers are a big threat to the Bills this year. Here we go. (laughs) Ranked fourth. What people are going to think I'm nuts with this, the Miami Dolphins. I'm just going to say it right now. I think the Miami Dolphins, I think their skill set, their skill players is right up there with the very best in the entire NFL. You go on, you get Tyree kill. You can't overstate. The significance of that. He's a game changer. There's not a lot of game changing receivers in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is one of them. He has absolutely owned the Buffalo Bills multiple times in the playoffs. The Bills have coached scared in defending him in the playoffs, and we've seen that. And uh Tyreek Hill to Miami is a very big deal, folks. And Jalen Waddell is really good, too, man. One of the best young receivers. We're not for Lamar Chase or Jamar Chase. we would be talking a lot more about Jalen Waddles being the best rookie receiver in the NFL last year. So you got Hill and you got Waddles. Cedric Wilson coming over for Dallas is a nice little addition too. And you got the tight end, Mike Gusecki, assuming he doesn't get traded. That's a lot of good pass catchers right there, folks. And I think they're much better at running back too this year, Chase Edmonds and uh, Raheem Mostert. Both new pickups. Defensively, I think they got a formidable front seven. Melvin Ingram's with Miami now. Uh, Christian Wilkins is a good player. Jalen Phillips. And, of course, they got an elite quarterback combo and a uh, corner combo in Xavier Jones and uh, Byron Jones. Xavier Howard. I'm sorry, Byron Jones. What the hell am I thinking here. A good one in Javon Holland at safety, too. Now, of course, with Miami Dolphins, it's all about two. But it is the thing, and I'm just being completely honest, man. I'm sorry a lot of Bills fans don't like to hear you talk up other teams that are rivals of the Buffalo Bills. But I'm going to because I don't think Tua's as bad as a lot of fans think he is. I think he's closer to being good than I think he is to being a bum. And I think Bruce Nolan told me this, so I want to make sure I give him credit. Miami can legitimately compete for the AFC title if Tua is Ryan Tannehill good. If Tua is Ryan Tannehill good, the rest of their pieces skill position players on offense, uh, okay enough offensive line and a pretty good defense. If Tua could be Ryan Tannehill good, the Miami Dolphins can compete legitimately in the AFC East and the entire AFC as a whole. And I do think that Tua is Ryan Tannehill good. I think that's his ceiling. I don't know. He's never going to be Josh Allen. He's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. But if his ceiling's Ryan Tannehill and he gets to his ceiling, and I do think he will get to his ceiling, I think having a new head coach, and again, Tyree Hill there, I think he's going to improve. And I think he can be Ryan Tannehill good. So I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be a major problem for the Buffalo Bills, whether you like it or not. Uh, three more teams here, Baltimore Ravens. Look, Baltimore was just utterly decimated by injuries last year. Lamar Jackson's back. The offense is at least respectable. Even after trading Hollywood Brown, uh, Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And they'll be able to run the ball. They got J.K. Dobbins. They got Mike Davis, and of course, Lamar Jackson with his legs. But it's their defense, man. Their defense is absolutely excellent. Probably the best secondary in the NFL. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, the rookie from Notre Dame, he's going to fit in great. Marcus Peters Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams. Uh, Patrick Queen is one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. This defense is just rich with talent. I think the Baltimore Ravens, if they stay healthy which they did not do last year. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a very dangerous team. Sticking with their division, two more teams left here. I got the Cincinnati Bengals at number two. We did an entire podcast, um, me and Joe Yurden, pretty much an entire podcast not too long ago on just how grossly underrated the Cincinnati Bengals are and how everybody continues to sleep on them, even though they won the AFC and probably should have won the Super Bowl last year, man. You got to respect the champs, okay? Joey Burrow is the real deal at quarterback. Uh, Chase is a nightmare. We saw that. Just shattered rookie receiving records. And by the way, T. Higgins ain't no picnic out there to stop either. And neither is Tyler Boyd. Uh, They got an excellent running back in Joe Mixon. They added Hayden Hurst at tight end. So they are loaded on offense. But forget the skill position players because the best moves the Cincinnati Bengals did to uh, bolster this team was add to the offensive line. And they spent significant resources doing that. Uh, Ted Karras at center. Alex Kappa at guard. Uh, they Collins at tackle three good offensive line. And they redid 60% of their offensive line from last year, because that was the one big issue with the Cincinnati Bengals. They could not pass block to save their lives. Joey Burrow was literally running for his life all the time. Should not be the case this year. So a good offense got a much better offensive line. That's going to make them even more dangerous. I think the defense is good enough, good enough to win. Trey Hendrickson, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I love what they did in the draft, too, by the way, in the secondary with Dax Hill and and Cam Taylor Britt. The guy I really wanted the Bills to take, by the way, Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, So, yeah, man, the Cincinnati Bengals are right there. They're the AFC champs, and, again, they deserve respect, and I think they are one of the two biggest threats to the Buffalo Bills, which leads to number one, not really a surprise there, or at least it shouldn't be anyway. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, it's a big blow losing Tyreek Hill, but I don't care. They're at the top right now for two reasons. They're the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills for two reasons. Number one, they have the one and only quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, at least anyway, where if you say, I'd rather have this guy than Josh Allen on my team right now, you ain't lying. If you say you'd rather have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, I don't think you're a liar. No. Maybe Some people might think you're wrong, but I don't think you're lying. So they got Patrick Mahomes. That's reason number one. And the other reason is simple. They have the history of beating the Bills when it matters, including the playoffs last year and the year before. You go back to that playoff game last year, as much as it hurts to relive it, the Bills offense, especially in the second half, played out of their minds. You have an offense that played out of their mind you have a quarterback in Josh Allen who was quite literally unstoppable in the fourth quarter. And you came into the game with the number one ranked defense in the entire NFL. And when the game was over, you walked off that field on the losing end. Simple as that. Chiefs, <laughs> they deserve they deserve to be at the top here. Juju Smith Schuster, by the way, Mark has uh Valdez Scantling. They at least somewhat offset the loss of Hill. Again, you're not really going to replace him, but that at least somewhat offsets it. Their offense, look, their offense is going to still be really good. They got Travis Kelsey. They got a good offensive line. And you got Patrick goddamn Mahomes, man. The defense has his question marks for sure. And losing the Honey Badger this offseason didn't help. But I like the addition of Justin Reed in the secondary. And uh, the rookie corner, Trent McDuffie, who I think the Bills really wanted, but the Chiefs took him before. He's going to be a a day one starter, and he definitely looks like a good one, man. Uh, Bottom line is this, folks. Until the Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, this team deserves to be considered the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills in 2022. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Again, man, I, I say this when I actually do these from time to time, these solo ones. I really don't like these solo ones. It's not my strength carrying a solo conversation for a half hour running down topics like this. I like to have conversations with other people, but sometimes, you know, it is what it is. And there was nothing really I could do about this. Like I said, I'm in a hotel where the Wi-Fi is really kind of shitty and having another guest might've made for some terrible, uh, video or audio. So this will had to do. And this was a topic that, uh, that I wanted to get done. Cause I think that there's a lot of people have different takes on this. A lot of people are going to think I have the Patriots way too low. A lot of people are going to think, that I had the Miami Dolphins way too high. Love to hear your takes. Like to hear your opinions. Tweet at me anytime, at Pat Moran tweets. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate you all. I'll be back. You know, I, I might do a midweek episode after the Bills do a cutdown. which again, I'm taping this late on Monday afternoon, so they haven't made their cuts yet. But regardless, definitely we'll have casual Friday with my man, Joe Yurden. Talk to you guys then.
2: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me. the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash wire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website,